Are you ready to focus in and make powerful intentions for the year to come? Here on episode 89 of The Nurse Keith Show, we're talking about intention and positive change. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of The Nurse Keith Nation. This is indeed episode 89, and if you happen to be listening in January of 2017, this is the first episode of the new year, and I hope you had great holidays and that you have a wonderful new year ahead. If you're listening at another time, like late 2018 or 2032, I'm sure there was a new year sometime in the recent past anyway, and we're going to talk about change and making positive intentions. And it doesn't matter what time of year it is, really, because we always need to be making plans and planning for the success and the forward movement of our nursing careers. So let's consider it New Year's Day, no matter when it is or where you are. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I share education, inspiration, and ideas that get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. You know, I'm a member of the Pulse Media Network, along with RNFM Radio, the Innovative Nurse Show, and Elizabeth Scala's Your Next Shift podcast. And you know what? The Pulse Media Network has launched. We're at PulseMediaNetwork.com, and we have a new show over on Pulse Media. It is the Gluten-Free RN with Nadine Grzkowiak. She is one of the national experts on gluten intolerance and celiac disease. She has an amazing story about her own life and how she was on the brink of death before being diagnosed with celiac disease. Her new show is awesome. It's coming out every week. And if you want to learn about celiac and gluten, that is the place to be. So head over to PulseMediaNetwork.com and check out the Gluten-Free RN. And did you know that you can become a patron of The Nurse Keith Show? Listener Lisa Hardy became a patron before the holidays, and I'm so grateful for her pledging her monthly support along with Renee Thompson and several others. You can pledge as little as $2 a month to support The Nurse Keith Show and the work that I do. It's kind of like supporting public radio or anything else you listen to or watch, and you just pay a little bit just to show your love for that production and for getting that great content and information. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to learn more about my Patreon campaign. If you want to throw a little love my way, that would be awesome. And I will send you some gifts in return. Anyway, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at NurseKeith.com forward slash episode eight, nine. And let's get into today's topic. So folks, right after the new year, on January 2nd of 2017, I published my first blog post of the year over on Digital Doorway, my blog that's been going since, oh my God, 2005. And the subject of that blog post was intention, not New Year's resolutions. I don't like resolutions. I go with intentions instead. And if you want to see that, just head to the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 89. There's a link right to the blog post in the show notes. You know, I don't make resolutions because they often seem like empty promises and they feel like things I'm saying I'm going to do, but 
We all know that the majority of resolutions usually fall flat on their face within a couple weeks of the new year, so I don't make them anymore. What I like to do instead is sit down. I did this with my wife over New Year's weekend, actually. I wrote a year in review. I wrote down all the different successes and accomplishments and quote-unquote failures or failings of 2016, the ways in which I could have done better. And then I created another document, which was my intentions, the things that I want to accomplish this year, the things that I'd like to move forward on. And I don't make myself promises, but I do set intentions, measurable, smart goals that I can follow through on. And when I don't follow through on them, I can change course and figure out a way to help myself succeed in reaching those goals. And I have talked about SMART goals before. They are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. And I try to make all of my intentions fit within that rubric of SMART goals. And if you want to learn more about SMART goals, just Google that. There's tons of information out there that you can read about setting SMART goals. I highly recommend adopting that process for the new year. So like I said, I set intentions, I don't set resolutions, and I base them on what I want to accomplish, and I recommend that you do the same. Basically, for anything personal or professional, it doesn't really matter. And what I wrote about in this blog post was the powers of hindsight, foresight, and insight. I kind of had this insight on New Year's Day about how hindsight is really important. And do you know how we often say that hindsight's 2020? We can do Monday morning quarterbacking about how I should have done this or how I should have done that. And I feel like hindsight is often given short shrift. It's seen as something that's not so good. You'll hear someone say, Oh, hindsight's 2020. It's so easy to say that. However, let's look at it in a different way, okay? So using hindsight, you can look back at the year prior or the month prior or whatever period of time you'd like to assess and evaluate and say, how do I feel about the way that my career developed last year in 2016? What kind of career-related choices did I make? If I felt stuck last year, what made me feel stuck? If you do that assessment don't just look at, oh, I felt stuck, I didn't get anything done. No. Rather, you want to say, okay, I felt stuck. What was the root cause? How can I do a root cause analysis to figure that out? Was it because my dad was sick and I was flying across the country every other month to take care of my dad and my mom? Was it because my son changed schools and he really needed my support and I couldn't work on my resume or do any networking? If you look at the root cause... You can get beyond the place of just castigating yourself, of not getting something done or moving forward in a particular way. Rather, you can look at it and say, oh, okay, these things got in the way. There were speed bumps. There were roadblocks. And I'm going to try to clear the path for me now to refocus and get that stuff done. You can also look back at the previous year and say, okay, I moved forward in this area, this area, and this area. What choices did I make that really worked for me? How did I actually help myself to move forward? And if those processes, if those strategies worked, do I want to replicate them this year? Did it work the way that I approached starting my master's in nursing program? Are there ways in which I handled the workload or writing papers or whatever that 
were really positive? Did I did I strategize really well last year? Do I want to replicate that? Do it again because it worked for me and there's no reason for me to recreate the wheel because I found a pattern that worked. I found a pattern that really helped me to succeed. So hindsight can be about what went wrong and what you could do differently, but it also helps you to learn from your successes. And we absolutely want to learn from our successes and learn how to take what really moved the needle and use it to move the needle again this year. Now, after hindsight, of course, comes foresight. Foresight is a little different because it's not based on our actual lived experience. It's based on looking into the future, looking into your personal and professional crystal ball and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to make this work for me? So like I said in the blog post, foresight is focused on the intersection of the present and the future. However, we also are taking hindsight into account. So in that blog post, I wrote the following, and I'm going to read it to you. We need to make career choices that are prudent and thoughtful. If our intentions are clear, we can make choices more wisely. We don't want to take a certification course or enroll in a master's degree program just because someone's telling us that we should. Rather, we need to assess what we want and select the most intelligent, affordable, and efficient path to reach our goal. Career choices need to emerge from due diligence, the collection of data, the honoring of your intuition, and the assessment of how to identify the most powerful vehicle for the journey ahead. And in that blog post, I go ahead and I talk about forms of assessment that we can use in terms of that foresight, how to decide what we're going to do to make things move. So there are different things we can do to make things move forward, and I've talked about them on this podcast, and you can listen to other episodes for some ideas. One is informational interviews. If you meet with influencers, knowledgeable people, people who do the things that you think you want to do in the future, talking to them can help you know what are the speed bumps that I might come up against? What are the things this person is warning me about? What are the things this person thinks are no-brainers that I absolutely have to do that are non-negotiable? And then there's lots of web-based research you can do regarding specialties, school programs, certifications. And in your web-based research, I recommend looking at podcasts, blogs, articles, journals, books, all of the information out there. We have the entire world, the universe at our fingertips online. And I'm not saying that working online and doing research is the be all and end all. You need to get out and talk to people, folks. But we have so much information out there at our disposal the hardest thing for me is weeding through to find out which of that information is actually helpful and accurate and which of it is, well, not going to serve us as well. The other thing, other than fact-based information that we need in terms of moving in a better direction or a more positive direction, is we need to plumb our own desires and our aspirations. We need to look deeply within ourselves to figure it out what it is that we want. Not what our dad wants, not what our husband is telling us we want, not what our colleagues are telling us we quote unquote should do. We need to look at what we want. And once we get some clarity on that, 
that helps us begin to make prudent decisions that make sense for us. Now, finding what your desires and motivations and aspirations are can be challenging because there's so much coming at us all the time. We have a lot of expectations from other people. There's a lot of stuff potentially being projected upon us. We have professors telling us what we should do. We have bosses telling us what we should do. And then we have the voices in our heads that tell us what to do. And those voices are not always helpful. And I'm sure you all know that. So that's where a career coach comes in, like me, for instance. That's where your favorite faith leader comes in, someone you can trust, someone you know who you can bounce stuff off of. That's honestly where a counselor or psychotherapist or psychologist comes in. If you're feeling confused, if you're feeling conflicted, if there's stuff from your childhood coming up that's getting in the way of you taking a step that you feel is inspired, but you feel nervous about doing it because of some experience in the past, or like I said, some voice in your head that's telling you you can't do it, that you're not smart enough, that you're not wealthy enough, that you're not aspirational enough to do that. Those voices can stay with us for decades, and you might need, emphasis on might, some professional help to weed those voices out and find your own true voice. So, those are lots of different ways where you can assess, gather information, and get the support you need. And that often does have to do with foresight because you can only have that foresight into the future if you have the support now in the present, as well as the data and experience from hindsight to make the right choices. And finally, in that blog post, I talk about insight. And the insights come. When you've taken your hindsight, you've taken your past experience, you're gathering data and looking at the future through the various lenses of, let's say, counseling, coaching, talking with thought leaders and influencers, doing research, listening to podcasts, reading blog posts, reading books, inspiring yourself. Insight is born from those actions that you take and those various engines of inspiration. And I think both the hindsight and the foresight can bear a lot of fruit when it comes to having insights. When that light bulb goes off and you're like, yes, I found it. I understand now what my path is. I know what I need to do. A lot of this has to do with timing. It has to do with circumstance. It has to do with quote unquote luck or coincidence or what Carl Jung used to identify as synchronicity. And some of us call it serendipity. You never know. You might network with somebody on LinkedIn, and lo and behold, that connection leads to an introduction that introduces you to something you never even considered as a possibility for yourself. So be open to that creative, serendipitous synchronicity that can happen. Because when you're taking forward steps, when you're really assessing, when you're doing things in an inspired way, making decisions and looking and really feeling open to what might come your way, you never really know what might happen. And that has happened to me so many times in my life. And I can't tell you how being open to my intuition and serendipity has served me over and over again, even now. The other point I want to make is that if you can narrow down and make some sense of your short-term goals, 
your midterm goals, and your long-term goals, the paths you choose to achieve those goals can be more focused and they can help you make the most prudent, salient choices along the way. So I like to talk about, and I have talked before on this podcast about balancing the micro and the macro. So here we are in January 2017, if you happen to be listening in January, or maybe it's January of 2026, it doesn't really matter. So we're looking at, okay, I have some short-term goals of increasing my hours at work, making an extra $400 a month over the course of the year. And one of my midterm goals is to make a decision about graduate school and I need to choose an MSN program that's probably online for my convenience, that's relatively affordable and is not going to put me into large debt in the long term. And then your long-term lofty goal is to become a doctor of nursing practice in mental health and behavioral health. Let's just say those are the goals. So if you can look at those goals, then you can start parsing out, okay, what do I need to do in order to achieve my short-term goal? What do I need to do? What steps can I take for my midterm goals? And will those short-term and midterm actions affect the long-term overarching success that I'm looking for, the goal that I'm reaching in the bigger picture. So if you can zoom up to the 10,000 foot view, the bird's eye view, and look down at your life and your career, you can take a different perspective than when you're down in the weeds, working, feeding your kids, going to school, doing all the things you need to do to survive every day. Does that make sense? So folks, A lot of this is about due diligence. It's about doing your research and it's about setting smart goals. Remember, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. That's an important part of this process. So if you can do that, if you can do your due diligence and set goals that you can measure like that, that will help you in your research and then making choices based on all the data that you've collected, the assessment that you've done. Now, at the same time, I have to say one more time before we wrap up here that I don't want to ignore the power of your intuition. I have made decisions in my life, professionally and personally, that were not based on data. They weren't based on an assessment. They weren't based on advice or reading or research, they were based solely on intuition. It was really just a moment of epiphany, a moment where I knew in my gut, in my deepest self, that it was the right choice, even if other people were telling me it wasn't the right choice. Yes, sometimes those didn't work out so well, but generally they have. So I don't want to sound like I'm telling you, you have to base everything you do and every decision you make on data that you've collected and hard facts. No, I'm a big believer in intuition. I'm a big believer in the gut. You have a brain in your gut that's there for a reason, and I want you to know that you can trust it. So ignoring the power of your intuition is something you may do at your peril because your intuition may tell you The hair may stand up on the back of your neck and tell you that this is not the thing to do, even though the data says it is. So folks, if you need a little support around a decision like that, let me know and I can help you a little bit because 
sometimes the data, the assessment, and the intuition are a little bit at odds with one another. And that's where the rubber meets the road and it's hard to really choose what to do next. So folks, what you want to create for yourself is a dynamic process where you're assessing your needs, you're setting those short, mid, and long-term goals, you're looking at the micro of your life and career, and you're looking at the macro, and you're assessing where you are right now, where you were yesterday, and where you want to be tomorrow, and then you're choosing the most prudent courses of action that are going to take you in that general direction where you need to go. And remember the nursing process. Remember, the first part is assessment. The next part is diagnosis. Then we have planning, implementation, and evaluation. And remember also that as scientific as the nursing process is, recall that intuition, that nurse's instinct, has to play a part in there too. Sometimes the data doesn't tell us everything and our gut's going to tell us what we really need to know. So I want you to feel inspired in the new year. I want you to feel like you can be led in the right direction by what you assess, by the data you gather, by trusting your instincts, by looking deeply inside yourself, and by reaching out for the support you need to make those decisions, to set those goals, and then take those positive steps. So I thank you for listening to episode 89. It's great to get launched for 2017. This is my third year. I finished 2015 and 2016 with 88 episodes in the can. We're going to be doing 48 to 50 episodes in 2017. We'll be celebrating episode 100 probably in March of 2017. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by the wonderful Tim Hollowell of thepodcastingguy.com. And my social media and promotion are handled by the equally wonderful Mark Cappiespeason. I always have to express my gratitude to Tim and Mark. They help make this show what it is. And remember, head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. If you want to pledge as little as $2 a month to help me out in meeting the costs of making the show and expanding the show. And you know what I want to ask you to do as a New Year's present to me from you, my listeners, is head over to iTunes, find the podcasts in the iTunes store, find the Nurse Keith show and leave a rating and review that really helps other people find the show when you leave a rating and review because it moves my show up in the ranks and makes it more noticeable to the people who need the information that I'm sharing here. So folks, stay positive care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again as we explore how to make your nursing career more satisfying, more fun than you ever imagined. Be well, dig deep, keep in touch, and tune in again to The Nurse Keith Show. Adios till next time. 